Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We welcome in uh, <laughs> James Hamm of the Insiders here. Real quick, two things. Securing the Bagley asked, you, you can't bet on wrestling. I think you can. I think you can. Yeah, absolutely yeah. can bet on wrestling. And sometimes if you pay close attention, you can see what's happening. You'll see <laughs> odds swing in one yeah, way, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, someone knows what's yeah. happening. Yeah, you can. What was the other thing you said? Two no, points. I was just that's. Oh. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I got I got robbed in Prize Picks last night. I don't know if you guys watched any of that this morning when we opened the show. Well, I, I saw that you. I saw your tweet. You said something about you were not okay, but I didn't. I didn't understand what was going. on. I knew it was Prize Picks, but I didn't know what you missed on. I hit five out of six. What I didn't hit was De'Aaron Fox at twenty nine and a half points. He oh. finished at twenty nine. Oh. And that whole going to the free throw, why he didn't go to the line when yeah. he got fouled. I was, was on the shot. I'm not sure. Gave it to him. Yeah. And then the last play of the game, Harrison Barnes rips down the rebound, which I had Harrison Barnes at four rebounds. That gave me that that one. Yep. He kicks it to Herter. Herter passes it to Fox, but before Herter can Fox, he gets fouled. <laughs> oh, man. So, and then he has a steal at the end of the game where he doesn't go and score. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, so it's one of those bonus plays, which I hadn't done before. And, you know, I did my standard $20, uh, you know, placement. Mm. Yeah. It was two grand if that point five wow. happened. Wow. Yeah, I still want 200. I still want 200, but yeah, that one hurt. Those isn't prize, uh, prize picks. You can, so it's not like a parlay, right? Like you can still win money if you get four out of five, right? If you get four out of five, it was like $8. If you got <laughs> five out of, I mean, f- four out of six, if you got five out of six, it was 200. If you got all six, it was, uh, and it was like, it's almost like a teaser, right? So it was a more difficult version of just picking six. I, I took more difficult, like, again, it was like, I think Curry at 5.5 rebounds, Sabonis at 0.5 uh, three-pointers. So it had some, like, there was a bunch of weird ones there, but, yeah. Hmm. Bummer. Damn. Yeah, that's tough. That's why I don't play prize picks or anything else. <laughs> um, I have a sponsorship, so. like No, no, no that's a good call. Play, no, play no, that's picks. a good call. That's yeah. a good call. Uh, James, are the vibes back? Beam team back in full effect? Man, it feels like it, doesn't it? I think, like, whatever was, like, ailing this team behind the scenes, they they put it to rest. Yeah, I think, it, it I, think, like. I think the bad vibes died when this picture was taken <laughs> right here. Tony. <laughs> Tony right there front and center, and Domas just smiling from ear to ear. Tone said Matt's camera was in the way. Well, Move, Matt. Yeah, that's it. That's he it. is known to do that on occasion, Tony. That's, that's our man, yeah. though. That's our man. But Domas <laughs> just smiling from ear to ear. Mike Brown crashing press conferences, Brisse asking questions like, oh, it, it, it felt like it felt like the uh, 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 win against the Hawks and the Warriors. And man, we're back cooking. 
Yeah, I think you saw the smile on a couple of these guys' faces, like even coming into the game. You saw it even, you know, the last game, you started to see a little bit more of it. But, you know, they've been going through some stuff. And, and nobody likes losing. And nobody likes to call this a dog days of the season because, you know, you lose four in a row and it really messes with your placement in the standings. You know, you take two of those and you put them on the other side of the ledger and you're 11 games over 500 and you're the five seed, right? And that's the tough thing about, you know, wins and losses at this point in the season. Uh, they all matter uh, equally at the end. But, you know, you, you feel like you could have been building something and and you didn't. You took a bunch of steps backwards. So I think uh, they're on to something with this whole Harrison Barnes thing. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know if it's to make sure everyone around the league knows that he's still a very good player, but uh, we've been talking about this all season, right? Like this is, it doesn't feel like it's as much a Harrison issue as it is a, a just, you know, numbers issue. Like there's not enough like shots to go around and he's the, the fifth man in the starting lineup. And realistically he's behind Malik Monk as well when it comes to how many shots you're giving him and you gave him 44 shots over two games and he showed you what he could do. And so um, I think you need more of that. And whether he's, he's here long-term or not, if, if that's who he can be, he probably should have shown that a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago when you were scuffling a little bit and you needed somebody to step in and, and really take on some of, some of the weight off of uh, Fox's shoulders and Sabonis's shoulders. But yeah, it's good to see. Uh, real quick, Casey, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the NBA doesn't think that the Kings' vibes are back. Uh, Sean Cunningham just tweeted, the Kings have lost their TNT matchup with the Clippers on April 2nd. What? What do the, we do? Uh, the game that will take its place? The rescheduled Mavericks versus Warriors game. Mm. What the hell? Yeah, that's tough. You did already gain one, so maybe that's why. No, but no, not acceptable. That is... Those two teams could suck by then. The Warriors One could of those be tanking. Teams could suck now. But, well, no, they yeah. suck now. But I'm saying yeah. they both could be in that yeah. scenario. Yeah, well, hopefully, that's awful. Hopefully, the Kings help start that. What is it? Would you say it was April second? Yeah, the Kings have lost their TNT matchup with the Clippers on April second, and the rescheduled Mavericks versus Warriors game will take that spot. And the Thunder versus Sixers game will be the early game on TNT again. That is according to the temporary insider, uh, Sean Cunningham. These these people who make the national TV games are just – they're not bright. They're not bright. Like, they, the, their idea to put Wimby on there 45 oh times God. and now Stupid. Mavericks, Warriors, no yeah, one cares it's about in the, that game. It's in the email. Yeah, that's for sure. No that, one cares that's about a, that game. Market. No. I don't be watching that. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you to bring you that stupid news. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> um, so Harrison, I've, I thought we were probably transitioning to Harrison. Yeah, no, I, not the way that he played. I, I was trying to think because I had two Harrison questions. I think the one that mm-hmm. I was going to to ask was, um, did you see a difference in what the Kings did with Harrison? offensively for him to get all these shots or was it in your opinion purely on Harrison's aggression you know being shot ready all this other stuff did you or a combination of both I think it's a combination of both but I also think there's an extra motivation there because he you know it's the Warriors so you know he's got he's got beef there and and he likes to show up and and play well there Um, you know at, at the end of the day I think Harrison, um, he listened when they said, hey, we're going to transition to, you know, more Keegan Murray options here. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to try not to take away all of everybody's plays, but some of you guys are going to lose out here a little bit. And he probably listened too, too closely. And he probably thought that that was aimed at him. And like, he just, I, I think he got in his head a little bit about how this was, uh, this was something that, you know, as a leader, you do you, if somebody else, if it's somebody else's turn, you know, you got your money, you got your three-year contract, 
now it's time to, you know, be a role player and and be a good soldier and do whatever it is a team needs. Mm-hmm. And I just think that over the course of time, it became easier and easier and easier for him to just say that that's kind of what his job is. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whether it's the Kings went to him and said, hey, you know, this is kind of the plan or uh, the team themselves like said, hey, you know, this is we need you to step up. It seems like that three days off really, really impacted Harrison Mm. and like not just like him physically, because I don't think that's been a problem. I think it impacted like who it is that he needs to be right now for this team. And, you know, again, that could be for a lot of reasons. You could you could just be showcasing him to make sure that, you know, 29 other teams know that this is still a legitimate NBA basketball player that just has a different role on this team. But either way, Harrison needs to take it to heart because if this is who he can be, there's no excuse for the two shots or the, the, you know, the two point zero rebound or one rebound games. That's not who he should be as a player. If you can do this, you can go out and put up, you know, what is it? 71 points over two games. Then you can average 14, 15 a night still. And I, I just think that that's, they need to get back to who they were a little bit last year. And, the fight to bring Keegan Murray along as a player is, and you know, to develop him, it's, it's the right thing to do, but you can't have all of these players kind of acquiesce their position on the team in order for that to happen. It's gotta be some of that. And it's gotta be everybody, you know, sacrificing like Harrison talked about, but it also has to be you finding ways to be impactful. And, and I think he's showing that he can do that. And, and I, I do get his, like, I don't know if you guys heard his post game, he said, look, I, I think people forget, you know, that it's not just all that. Sometimes it's setting screens. Sometimes it's it's cutting really hard to the basket so it opens up a lane for your teammate. He's like, I'm doing all of those things. It's just a scoring aspect that I haven't been doing. And I would respond, yes, the scoring aspect, but also the rebounding aspect and, you know, even like getting to the free throw line aspect. Like there, there's a lot of game that Harrison Barnes has that the Kings actually need. And it's not just him standing in the corner shooting threes. Like they, there are times they need him to stop the game by getting to the free throw line, and he stopped doing it. And so, hopefully, this is a an eye opener for him. There's a lot to talk about with Harrison. I want to mention something about Mike. He laughed about this at the at the post game last night, and and you know Domas and I think it was just Domas who spoke, you know, glowingly about. Chris Duarte and Kessler Edwards, but what what is Mike doing when he does that? Like Chris Duarte played two minutes in the first half and then was never seen again, and then out of nowhere Kessler Edwards music hits and he comes out and plays. And I didn't I didn't think either I didn't think Chris Duarte was very good. I didn't think Kessler Edwards was bad at all. Like what is Mike looking for when he does that? I think what it is very specifically with those two is can you go out and defend? Can you go out and slow somebody down that's, you know, with with what's happening in the game? And to be honest, I, I wasn't paying all that much attention to what Duarte was doing because he wasn't in the game very long. And it was even, you know, they came out of a timeout. Next thing you know, the game is going. And it took a minute or two to actually figure out he was in the game. And by the time he was in the game, he was out of the game. So we've seen Mike do this in the past where he'll give someone a shot in the first half. And if it if it's going, they stay in. If it's not, they don't. Um, I think last year, again, we saw it with Terrence Davis. Um, and there were other players that he was rotating in. Even Shemezi Metu, it's like, okay, what Shemezi's doing tonight is not what we want and not what we need. Let's go back to what we were going to do before uh, or or plan B. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's upon each one of these players to say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready in this moment to go out there and make a difference. And uh, to Kessler Edwards' credit, I thought he was. You know, he's active. Uh, he's been down in the G League, and he's been having a really good run in the G League to stretch his legs a little bit. There could come a point where they need him, right? And especially if a big trade happens, and there could be a game or two where, you know, you don't have any other options but Kessler Edwards for 25 to 30 minutes a night. And it's good that he's down in the G League stretching his legs out and getting ready. But... um I kind of want to see him with a different group. I want to see him with the starters, not with other players like him that that don't score, that don't have that uh, that sort of arsenal. And if he's like the fifth man, like what Harrison Barnes is, but the fifth man in a, 
with a starting group, even if it's for, you know, three minutes in the second quarter, I think that's better than having him as, you know, a guy who has to be one of three options that have to be the second best or third best scorer on the court. That's just not who he is. And, um, you know, I think he can be a three and D guy, but he also shows you that you need that guy just a much more mature, ready to perform veteran version of it. I um, agree with you, James. And, and I know, a lot of people are down on um, Duarte playing, and I don't have any problem with Mike doing what he did in that situation. Go to him, see what he's got. You know what I mean? Like staying with him would be the issue, but see what he's got. See if he can be effective. If he get into a groove, if he can't, all right, that was three, four, five minutes of rest for one of your bench guys. You were able to do that as well. I think he's probably all at the score as well. Like if you're in that situation and. You know, say you have a two-point lead and you don't lose the lead or it gets to a one-point deficit, all right, now you get your guy back in there. But I, I have no problem with him taking guys like Duarte and Kessler, giving them an opportunity, seeing what they have. And if they have something, keep riding with them, build that confidence. If not, be like, hey, it's not your day-to-day. We'll try again, you know, the next game or maybe two games from now. Yeah, what you're trying to do is buy minutes, you know, and, and if a guy can buy you minutes, then that's good. And I thought Kessler, like you left him out there because he wasn't doing anything wrong and he was mm-hmm. doing things right. Mm-hmm. And so you said, okay, look, he's not hurting me. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep riding with him a little bit. Uh, I, I know for the game, just for sake of like looking at it, you know, Kessler played six minutes and he ran a negative one in the plus minus. Chris Duarte played some 42 seconds and was a negative four. That's not, you know, plus minus isn't everything, but in those moments, you can kind of see where you're holding on to something. You're, you're really close. You're in a, a like what really amounted to, to me, one of the most entertaining games all season, just back and forth, bare knuckle, you know, guys going at each other, uh, big time shot makers, you know, just like all kinds of, like, it was great basketball. If you didn't enjoy that game, then you shouldn't be watching basketball. That was just, it was fun. It was nerve wracking. It was like it had everything brought into one thing. But if you can put Kessler Edwards out there and he can hold his own for six minutes in the second half, maybe he can hold his own for 12 minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he can hold his own for 12 minutes in a game and maybe he gets comfortable, he starts hitting a couple of threes and you go up to 15 minutes. That's how you start to build something with a young player. And, and again, Kessler's 23 years old. Like people forget that. It seems like, you know, he came to Sacramento after being with the Nets and then he's. He's been here for two years, but he's still super young and, uh, you know, one of the youngest players on this team. So I think it's it's good to see somebody actually respond. And the other guy who has done this throughout the season is is Keon, that when you give him these little couple of minutes and he shows you something, you feel like, OK, well, I don't have to pull him and I can let the guy sit for a couple more minutes on the bench while he's doing his thing. And we're not he's not costing us. And then eventually I'm going to go back to my main guys, but for, for these couple of minutes, he's not doing anything that's hurting us. And, and I think it's it's a good way to to sort of keep guys engaged and, and build your program a little bit. Yeah, I, I get what both of you are saying. I just feel like Mike doesn't like really stick with that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's the Keon Ellis. You use Keon Ellis as an example. It's like in it like Keon's gone. He's nowhere to be found. Like, and, and Davion's doing great, by the way. We should probably talk about that. Davion's doing tremendous. I've always liked Kessler Edwards and have been curious about what he can contribute and why he can't do the things that, like, Keon Ellis can do or Chris Duarte can do or guys like that. And, like, Mike giving this little little six-minute, oh, he's not doing anything wrong. I don't know that we're even going to see Kessler Edwards play tomorrow. That's the and and I and I recognize this is such a small part of what Mike Brown does. It's just always this weird little – Hey, whose music's going to hit tonight? <laughs> and last night it was Duarte in the first half. And and I kind of felt like, because I don't think Duarte played well. Like, you could see, like, just things I didn't feel like were particularly mm-hmm. good. It mm-hmm. felt like he wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. It was like, what's Mike going to do in the second half? And, hey, here's my brother Kessler Edwards out there. Yeah, I think it's, it's always interesting when he tinkers. Uh, but, again, I, I would just continue to make the claim, and I, I think the, the numbers back it up, that, that he tinkers with that half man. Like we always talk about the nine and a half man rotation yeah. and it's always at half. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes he tinkers with two people in in that role. I don't, James. This just sounds weird. I, I, I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a flag. It's just, I don't know. I, I just want to acknowledge, like I heard it, and it was, it was. I'm just, I'm throwing a flag, James. Go ahead. Mike's over here tinkering with two people at the same time. Rough in the passer. James, James. illegal motion after review. Intentional grounding. Uh, yep, yep. I, I think get you guys, you guys get what I'm saying. Yes, like he's, we do. It's not even a half at that point. We're just it's not a mature. So yes, he's got. I got you. He's got two quarters, and they've got to figure out how to how to play. And at the same time, like look, the, the normal eight guys are playing, um, and sometimes, well, the normal seven guys are playing, and now Mike is making some sort of switches with who that eighth guy is. And right now, it looks like it might be Davion for a little while, and. And you're right, Davion did play well last night. I thought he played well. Uh, he played okay the game before. Um, he's starting to like sort of get that the the fit in thing. Like, how do you fit in? How do you how do you make it look like you belong with everybody else? And and I don't mean as in his talent is less than everyone else. It's just he doesn't do the same thing that the same you know motion offense everything. He just doesn't. And so I thought last night, you know, stepping into three threes was huge. I think it helped that he was going up against Steph Curry, who he worked out with this summer and who that he worked with his trainer and really worked on his shot. So, you know, it's like, see, coach, this is what I've been doing. I, I can still shoot it. Um, I, I do think there's a little bit of that to it. Uh, but again, just like Harrison Barnes, let's not excuse the the fact that this could just be the King showing teams out there that like, look, this guy's healthy. This guy can play. If you're interested, he's he's here. And he does have some skill, and this is what he can bring to the table. And I, the the other thing I would say with Keon specifically, I don't know where the the clock is with him, but mm-hmm. he can only play in fifty games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I don't even know he can only be active for fifty games, and he's at twenty eight games played at this point, but he's been active for more than that. So we're starting to run into that gray area where he's not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to use him at all in the second half of the season. And if you want to save up some of those games, um, you know, at least to get you through the trade deadline again, you might need him for a handful of games around, around the trade deadline where you don't, where you're making moves and somebody gets traded and he's forced into, into playing, you know, substantial minutes here and there. And you just don't know. So um, the Kings do have an open roster spot. They can alleviate that that problem after we get past February 8th. And if, you know, if they choose to do so, they can sign Keon to a, a regular everyday contract for the remainder of the season and then go find someone else to use that two-way contract on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you always have to consider that sometimes there's more to a guy playing and a guy not playing, you know, especially if two guys are pretty, pretty equal. And as far as what they're doing on the court, but one of them has a clock that's ticking and the other one has a year and a half of contract left, and you can't use up all those games because then you run into the whole problem that, you know, you just won't be able to use him in the second half of the season. So yeah, it's complicated. You know, I I, I feel like I'm a a one man wolf pack with this. Well, maybe not. Oh, maybe boy. it's you know me and Damian are the tag team champions of the world because huh? I think he feels the same way. And I really just feel like Davion could help this team. I, I oh, think yeah. I think they. That given the opportunity, given, you know, consistent playing time, is he a perfect fit? No, but I think there's a lot of things that he can do out there on the floor that could that could help this team. I think he should have been playing. Um, and I I think, he, and, you know, unless he's traded, obviously, I think he should be playing moving forward. I just, But like I said, I, maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe we're in the minority with that one. I just I, – I still think – who he is as a basketball player is still something that could be beneficial to this team, and he should be in the rotation. I understand your your sentiment there, but I feel the same way about Keon Ellis. Like, I think Keon is longer. He's more athletic. He's really good defensively, and I know that on ball, that's where Davion is this incredible defender, but off ball, not so much. You know, he's got some other things. He's got to work through it. I think Keon is a more consistent shooter. I think Keon is a better rebounder. Um, you know, just an overall better athlete. He's better at playing the passing lanes. So I, I get what you're you're saying about Davion. And, you know, there are moments where Davion is totally useful, especially like look, tomorrow, 
when the the Kings play the Dallas Mavericks, I think having Davion against Kyrie Irving is a good thing. I think having Davion that can go and mix it up, even though uh, Luka Doncic shoots over the top of him, um, it's still it's one of those matchups that has been you know somewhat beneficial to the Kings in the past. So sure, like get him ready for some of these games. Get and I think sometimes again we talk about like what Mike Brown might be doing here. It could just be situational. You know, if you look at the three games that the Kings have played over the last, you know, you know, again, Atlanta should have had, you know, a couple of small guards to that you'd want to go up against. And then you, of course, have the the Warriors with Steph, which we all know that Davion's played well against Steph in the past. Then you've got Dallas. So, like, there are a string of games here where he may just make more sense, and it could just be completely situational, and you're seeing – you're also giving him an opportunity to kind of show the other 29 teams in the league what he can do. We'll come back. We'll talk more uh, with James. Uh, you brought up tomorrow what that might look like. The Kings got a, a, a big game ahead against Dallas, uh, and Dallas has a very awkward back-to-back. Uh, so we'll talk about that with James Hamm with Dilo McKay return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For that, you want to bring to the air, we certainly can, but uh, former Kings coach Dave Yeager uh, joining Doc Rivers uh, again in Milwaukee, just as he did yeah, in Philadelphia. Really, yeah, I did. Uh, I sent him a, a text this morning just congratulating him, and I, I a warned of uh, what Rudy Gay said. Um, I guess when you get injured in Milwaukee, you get fat. Uh, which is what he said about OJ Mayo a few years ago. Um, so I just warned Dave, like, hey, don't get injured, man. Don't get injured. Yeah, there you go. That's that's great to see him back in the league, though. And look, the crazy thing is, I watched that whole Kings Hawks game, well, the second half of the Kings Hawks, right next to Rex Glamian the whole time. <laughs> and, and now he's just he's I could, he could have gave me the inside story. It was you. What was the it was you Rex Vivek. And no, 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 we absolutely. Or what, where was fifty? We we weren't anywhere well, near. And, and MC Hammer. And, and, and were you MC? by Hammer or no? Was that it was on that was on Thursday? Oh, you weren't with Hammer though. Well, no, I was nowhere just near. Just Vivek and Anjali. Were. No, 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 that's fine. No, that's no, good. That's good. We all know. Like I don't know why this you. Guy. Did you have your Hammer pants on? I could see you wearing Hammer I'll pants. I'll bring them back. I think those things. Figure you would bring them back. I think I will not bring back the Hammer pants. Did you ever wear Hammer pants? No, I did not. No. Would you? I did. You I did give own it a shot. Oh, MC. Oh, oh, I did oh. own the MC Hammer album, like back then. Well, that's like fine. not the album, like the actual but the record. CD. Oh, okay. No, no, the CD. I had the tape. Uh, I had the tape and the CD. I had the I let's get guys, it started I, tape and the please hammer don't hurt him CD. And oh, I like oh, I was oh, at oh. A, a Christmas party at Vivek's house and Hammer showed up and took over the DJ booth. Which is in? I'm sorry. The DJ. Yeah, I'm sorry, booth. James. He just kind of threw that. You got to talk about me. He's always just throws that out there. Come on. I'm man. sorry. You were at a <laughs> Christmas party at Vivek's house. Yes, I was invited to the Christmas party at Vivek's. When I was at NBC, 
Um, I was invited to a Christmas party. Now you're party with lowly at, ass ESPN and you don't get invited anymore. I, I yeah. Well, I mean, we sorry, James. Say you say, yeah, we you don't, don't even get exist to these guys. Yeah, yeah, we really don't. Not, not out here. We really don't. No, but I, I was there. And so Vivek has his house is, is in Atherton. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has a swimming pool. And one end of the swimming pool is a glass edge. And the basketball hoop is on the other side, sunk down into the ground. And so the, he has a full basketball court, or at least a half court, that looks into the the a glass window into the swimming pool. That's crazy. And so he had a DJ booth set up in his basketball court, and MC Hammer showed up and took over for the DJ and started going. How did Hammer and Vivek get so close? Like I need all them people in the bay. I need the origin stories of like Hammer's relationship with Drake and Jamie Foxx and Vivek. No, all these people. You know Rick Ross. Did you go say hi to Hammer? Floyd. No, I didn't say hi to Hammer. I did say hi to Vivek, but and Ron Artest was was there. But um, which is just random. The randomness that was happening. But um, no, I, I think Vivek has. You know, first of all, he likes to be around celebrities and you know he That's also why I do a show with kenny i feel the same way yeah well that and he had um he had roger craig was part of like tibco when he owned That's when he had boy. his his software company forever yeah. and so like he's he's close with roger craig that used to be with when vivek first took over the team what he would do you would like go to talk to vivek and like you know introduce yourself and stuff and he would say right away he would go hey have you met my friend roger craig and you would turn to say hello to Roger Craig. You look back, and Vivek had like thrown out an acme hole on the ground, jumped through, and had vanished. <laughs> and you're like, "Wait, where did he go?" Like, now it's me, and I'm standing here with Roger Craig, and I don't know what to say. Like, Mister Thousand Thousand, like, "Hi, Roger Craig." Like, I don't know. Like, just random. Yeah. Vivek My favorite has- Vivek Ranadive moment in recent memory was him seeing Sham Sharania. I'm oh, not sure boy. that I have ever seen an individual oh, as happy as Vivek Ranadive was, was the day that Sham Sharania came yeah, yeah. sashaying through the Golden One Center <laughs> with flawless hair uh, in a great suit. And that's when I told you, I said, hey, that's Sham. That's- <laughs> Manicured eyebrows. And oh, there's gosh, like Shams. flawless hair. Vivek, Vivek looked like Domas when he saw Shams. Just smiling, just ear to boy. ear. That was his boy, Shams. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> the other great moment uh, from uh, Vivek that is an unbelievable moment, actually. He got 50 and Floyd together. He did, yeah. Not everyone will get no. that, but yeah. That's, this that's guy major. got 50 and Floyd. They were about to kill each other. <laughs> Come on, man. Come watch the Kings in the playoffs with me. They he weren't also, right next uh, to each other, but they were pretty close. I think they, I think they dapped up. Did they? One, Didn't they he? Da- have, I think like, they dapped up and then like walked behind Vivek off the court. Didn't Vivek he also cool. last year or the season before have Chuck Liddell and Brett Favre well, sitting well, next to each other? Yeah, we. Yeah, <laughs> not one of his best moments. Yeah, that's that's. There's also the time at uh, at Arco where he had Kelsey Grammer at the game. <laughs> yeah, that's it's wild. Like. <laughs> like that's wild. Kelsey Grammer's here? Like, Frazier Crane is here in the building? Like, what is happening? Well, like, yeah. the, so the Kings be having these random guys. I, I don't know him, but I understand it's, I think this guy's a massive star. Who, oh, Jesse's not in here. They had some soccer player here, like, two weeks ago. That people oh, were they like, had, oh, uh, snap, they got da 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 Vinicius Jr. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time yeah. soccer player. Um, well, I actually be, had maybe sent up. that to my son. Maybe pulling up for Vivek, boy. I tell yeah. you, hey, that's good, true. Good for yeah, can't wait involved. to see who comes today's games, <laughs> dude. That's crazy. That's, well, that's there, that's wild. again. There's an in, MC Hammer tie right there. <laughs> MC I mean, Hammer's going to be the was... DJ for the <laughs> Sacramento A's for a year or two or he whatever was, it is. Uh, he was a, a ball boy, is mm-hmm, like a small boy, child yeah. for the A's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where he got his, you know, got a lot of his start. Um, we have a, uh, big matchup, second game of the seven game road trip, uh, tomorrow versus Dallas. Of course, Dallas plays tonight in Atlanta. Shout out to Jason Anderson for pointing this weird route on Twitter. I missed it. Uh, the Hawks and the Mavericks, in fact, play tonight in Atlanta and then Dallas will fly back 
and take on the Sacramento Kings uh, tomorrow night in one of the stranger back-to-backs I think you'll come across. And, James, we, we noted this. I think this will probably be, be said a lot over the course of the next you know, 39, 40 games, whatever we're at. This feels like a big game. Like, it's always great to be the Warriors. It's always great to, you know, get the vibes back up and all of that. The Warriors are, are a little further down right now. The the Mavericks are right there in the mix with the handful of teams that I think are really just competing for one guaranteed playoff spot there in the sixth seed. Yeah, I, this is a huge game. I mean, you're right there with the Mavs. And, like, look, you, you want to get this thing rolling, right? You mm-hmm. lost four in a row. It would be really nice if you could string together a four-game win streak to kind of make up and get you back to nine games over. You got the Mavs, and and then you you've got the the Grizzlies right afterwards, you know, and then the road trip kind of cranks up. You've got the Heat, the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Cavs. But uh, this is to me, it's kind of like a tipping point game in in a road trip because if you start out two and zero on the trip and pick up a win in, in Memphis then you need one more to have a winning trip on a seven-game trip. And, you know, you can probably swing that by one of these games of heat, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Cavs. But if you lose this game, all of a sudden you're looking at an uphill battle. And, you know, what you don't want to do is, you know, finish your trip five and two, I mean, two and five or, or you know, three and four or even, you know, one and six. And so I think it's a big game. It's also, it's a game where earlier this season we saw sort of the, sh- the, I guess the the vulnerabilities of the Mavs, right? They they played in Sacramento, and both Luca and Kyrie both scored over thirty, and the Kings beat them, and they beat them handily. And Sabonis and Fox both scored thirty, but then it showed you sort of where the Kings are built, and they had other players contribute, and where Dallas is built, and they had nothing, and that was a big deal. And to be honest, I you gotta when you got these teams that are right below you or a team that's teetering like the the Golden State Warriors, you got to hit them. You got to knock them backwards. You got to, you know, have them fall into the spiral because that's where Dallas is facing right now. They've they've got a three-game losing streak coming into tonight. You know, if, if you can get them to lose four in a row and then five in a row, that would be huge. But again, losing four out of five is good for you as well. It drops them down in the standings and gives you a little breathing room. And, you know, every game matters right now, and you got to figure out a way to beat a team that's a little beat up. No, I agree with you 100%, man. And now they're Kings are in a situation where, um, once again, we talked about this before, they've lost four straight. And this is where losing the Bucks and Suns game really messes with you because I was trying to think back, aside from Indiana and Philly, we can go back and say, man, they've put together like – 10 games where I think they play solid. They play some good basketball. Last night in the third quarter, before the game was over, it was still way in the balance. I said, the Kings are playing great tonight. They are playing some great basketball. And you want to be able to um, see the fruits of your labor with saying, we're playing great basketball and look at the games that we've won. Well, at this point, they're uh, two and four in their last six, even though I think they've been playing good basketball in, in, in that stretch. So you want to get the wins so you can say not only are we playing good basketball, but we're able to convert them into wins. And that's how you get momentum going, in my opinion, and start feeling good about yourself and digging yourself out of the hole that you were in a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about, like, learning how to win, right? And you could say last night that the Kings got lucky because, you know, flat out, uh, Kevin Herter breaking two free throws in the final seconds. That's a big deal, right? But I think what you can also learn from that is basketball is played on both ends of the court. And, you know, if you go back to the uh, the Bucks game, they missed three free throws in the final 18 seconds. But it also took Damian Lillard drilling a 36-footer to beat you where you didn't play the right defense on him. You didn't, you know, Sabonis st- stood back at the three-point line mm-hmm. instead of rushing up to take on Damian at, at half court. And in this game specifically against Golden State, you had this play where, you know, Fox is playing defense, he's fighting through a screen, but then Kevin Herter shifts off, instantly knows that Steph is going for the game winner. He gets big, Fox is chasing, and you force Steph into a turnover and you win the game. It doesn't just have to be that, you know, Kevin Herter hits both free throws and now you got a three-point win uh, lead and you win the game. Sometimes 
you know, winning, learning how to win means that you have to come up with the crucial stop and the crucial moment to, to come out victorious. Mm -hmm. And so again, I, I think this is good. It, it is good to have really tightly contested games. And if they don't lose those two games to, you know, with the two games that were super close, if we're talking about like the, uh, uh, the Suns game and the Bucks game, right? If they don't lose those two, you don't know if they win that game last night. Like you are learning from these things and you are taking away and, and building on who you are as a squad. And so I think it's good. We're, we're starting to see this team kind of turn the page and, and show that they can come up with big plays and big moments. And I think they had three stops in a row to come out with that win. And that stuff, if I feel like that stuff goes a long way. And I think, I think De'Aaron was – I think De'Aaron kind of even laughed at Kevin Herter missing the free throw, saying that the guys were already joking about it, Herter and Monk. And Herter's line was something along the lines, well, it, mine was different because at least we won the game where I missed the free throws. So it, it sounds like – that you know, if you know, because we questioned whether they're, they're maybe – it looks like the, they've got the free throw issue. They've, they're just knocking down free throws, just like nothing, knocking down free throws. Now you get into a late game free throw. It's like, oh man, Herder missed both. That was more free throws than they missed the whole game. Herder missing both of them as an eighty percent shooter, following up on Malik missing a couple as a ninety percent shooter. I think the fact that they're laughing it off is a good thing. Obviously, you can laugh it off when you win. Steph turns around, throws a shot that goes through the basket. No one's telling jokes about missing free throws. Um, but this is the type of stuff where, yeah, Domas is smiling. Mike Brown is sitting in the media room asking questions during press conferences it's it's those types of those types of difficult wins that can send you in the right direction on a road trip or not just a road trip but a season in general yeah I, you know you can learn a lot from it right and and there's always that it's the brilliance of it but it it feels much better to learn while you're winning than it mm -hmm. does to learn while you're losing yeah but still, it, it does, it's true, you know, like they were able to come out of that. You do walk out of there with a really bad taste in your mouth if you lose. Oh, and yeah. with the idea that that big brother just got over on you and and you lost these season, you would have lost the season series to him. And so it does matter. And now, now look where you're at. Not only did you knock the Warriors down, just another, you know, clip. Somehow the Warriors catch fire. Somehow they make a big trade or whatever happens. And the Warriors get good in the second half of the season and track you down and you finish with the same record, this matters. Like the two and two record matters. Now you go to, you know, the second tiebreaker, the third tiebreaker. You, you just don't have, you don't want to lose all those tiebreakers to teams around you. And I think, you know, you've already lost them to the Pelicans. Um, you're on OKC. You've split with Minnesota. You're up, I think, 1-0 on, on Denver. Like these things will matter in the end. You've got to figure out ways, find ways to, pick up as many of these wins, even tomorrow. You know, you got four games against Dallas this year, but you're already up 1-0 in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, when you already know that you're you're going to lose the series, likely to the Clippers and to uh, you've already lost it to the the Pelicans. So all of these things are, are part of like a larger picture that you have to look at going into games. What did you think about Fox last night? I thought that was the best De'Aaron Fox we've seen since probably Milwaukee. He was pretty good in Phoenix too, but it, it had been a while since we've seen him with that type of bounce to a step, uh, what'd you think of, of how he played? I think one of the best things that I saw was Fox chirping at somebody in the stands. I don't know who it was, um, but it was right over the Warriors bench, it looked like, and he was laughing and pointing and having a good time with somebody. He just looked like he was back. Mm -hmm. He just looked like like the whatever the weight of the world was dragging him to the, down, like he he's moving on and saying, okay, let's just let's just forget this and let's move on. And I think that's a good thing for him. And I, I really do, you know, at the end of the day, like your mental health and, and how you feel, like you can say, well, he's a pro. He should be able to shut that off. Yeah, some players can't. And I, I think we've seen him not only not play all that well, but not, but look like he's not happy about playing, mm -hmm. uh, about what's happening and just not happy in general. And it's good to see a guy find a smile. Um, our good friends over at 95.7, said this morning that Domas is empty calories. James, is Domas, in fact, the Snickers bar rather than the nutritious 
selection of calories we thought before. If he's empty calories, what is Draymond Green? That's that is literally everyone's <laughs> response. Everyone to a T said, "Wait, wait, don't you guys?" Is, no, well, is what is if he's team? empty calories? What is Andrew Wiggins well, like? Yeah, Andrew's struggling a little bit. He, he's a he's is a, that like a diet coke? He's a browning I mean, well, banana. Like, he's, he's having a tough time. Yeah, well, I Andrew mean, Wiggins I, having a tough time. Ahead, I, I just think I, I think they have to get over it. Demona Sabonis flat out is like look at the NBA uh, MVP like rank. Uh, they have a ladder going right now. He's number seven. Like, and, and that's in a league where he's being disrespected. This is a, a top ten player in the NBA, if not top fifteen. You know, like he's he's one of the best players in the league. That's it. There's four hundred and fifty something players in the league. Like the only guy who's better on the Golden State Warriors, straight up. The only player that is better is Steph Curry. No one else on that team is better than Demontis Sabonis. Period. That's it. There's no discussion. So I, what? It, I don't know why. Like empty calories, whatever. You know what? Like all those points Steph scored, he scored them in a loss. How many points does he score in a loss? Are those empty calories? Because they sure do. Like just because you're scoring, like every bad team has a score. And I hate to tell you, but the Golden State Warriors are a bad team. Like, yeah. so what are we saying? Like that? Uh, no, come on now. Steph Curry's great. Demonis Sabonis is great. Uh, like, just like so, stop with the nonsense. Maybe Sabon- we broke the like, morning rose. Well, you know, someone look. get Kevin O'Conley. <laughs> yeah, Kevin O'Conley. Conlon. Yeah, Conlon. Yeah, tell him to uh, tweet that the. Broke the Sacramento Kings broke the morning roast. I know Sabonis went to work on them boys last night. They couldn't guard him after the Kings smacked up the Warriors last night. Yep, smacked. Beat the brakes off them boys yep, last night. That's what they did. Winners get to tell their own story. That's, that's what it is. Beat them in the submission. I, <laughs> I posed this question earlier. Do you have any concern that like, can will Domas score at the end of a game? Like, he controlled everything last night. He was in full control of that fourth quarter, and I never felt like he was a threat to score. He took one field goal attempt, and, man, it was an important one, but he just really facilitated that offense and never looked to never looked to score. I mean, he finished with 18 points, and he, and he hit know, the I'm game just winner. Speci- no, I, I understand. I'm just specifically talking about the fourth quarter, and that play was just beautifully run for him, but there were so many times where he had the ball in the low post or the high post, and he would work, work, work. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. He'd find Herter, he'd find Barnes, he'd find like whoever. And there was a point, like a couple of uh, uh, about six minutes left. I'm like, I don't. Domas isn't even trying to score. He's he's trying to find everybody else. I think part of the problem that he had was that he had five fouls, and mm, you know the way he plays, mm. he knows that especially one of those fouls came on Draymond Green just flopping in the yeah. middle of the key. Yeah. And I, I think for him, he's he's honestly thinking, if I go back down, one of these dudes are going to like fly into the, the third row and act like I killed him. Yeah. And like he, he probably had that in the back of his mind. He also had the fact that he had to set clean screens because they kept calling him on the offensive foul on the screen. So like – Never I, called I one the really, other way though. Never. Yeah. And hey, look at at the end of the day, he is not a natural scorer. Like I think that that's like when you again like we talk about stuff like this all the time. Like my son played center back forever. His instinct as a basketball player, I mean, as a soccer player, is to get back. It's not to go try to score a goal. It's not to go get a header. It's it's always to protect. And I think with Domas. His initial instinct is always to set somebody up to to hit the big shot, to put people in the right position and to get the best look possible. And sometimes that's him, but oftentimes he understands that he gets a lot of foul calls, that he misses free throws, and sometimes it's better that you're getting someone else a clean look, and that's how it goes. And it's it's just not who he is as as a player. He's like the opposite of Cam Thomas. Like Cam Thomas can't do anything but think about scoring. And that's just not who Domas is. He, his his first instinct is to set somebody up. Monk's first instinct is to set somebody up, but he's also really good at passing. 
it's just a different style of player. And and I don't have any problems with it because you can't have everybody on your team be greedy and, and just want the bucket. Kings won, but we are all Niner fans now. Let's go. Well, I don't think all <laughs> Let's that. Let's go. All right. Well, we're going to go to Big Ten basketball next. Michigan State uh, at Wisconsin. We're going to head over to 1025 uh, if you want to check us out there. Good luck. Oh, please, God, let's let go. the 49ers win this. This will be the let's worst go. two weeks in history if they lose. Maybe the worst month in history let's if go. they lose. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll see you back here Monday beginning at 10 a.m. with the Insiders on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos Niners! Let's go! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.